So good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of Event Worldcast. I'm, I'm delighted to be joined by our Head of Fundraising, Caroline Cronin. Hi Caroline. Hello. And for the first time, our amazing Vice Chair Lee Cowshaw. How are you doing Lee? Oh, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. This has been another beautiful weekend, it's been bank holiday. Really have. Yeah, yeah, really, really sunshine has helped as well. It has, yeah, definitely, definitely. I managed, I managed to make sure that I kept this weekend free. Well, Sunday, Monday at least. We were just chatting about yeah. where I was coding on Saturday. I don't, I, that's about enough of, I want to say about <laughs> that experience. Um, that I made sure I kept Sunday, Monday free. We did yeah, from it's, time. It's Plus so it was, important, isn't it, to balance that and to, to set that time apart. It really is. It is really important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Plus, it is my wedding anniversary on Sunday as well. I don't think it would have gone down too well if I'd have oh. done some work. Oh, Although it's 12 years. Sunday. Yeah, there's 12 years. Do you still celebrate after 12 years? Always. Always. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. I think you do. My, mine's 20 next March, and I keep um, advising my husband it's year of the diamond, but he reminds me that's uh, another five years on, but not in my world. <laughs> no. <laughs> Every year is the year of the diamond for a wedding. It is. It, it is. It, it is. So is. It is. You can never have enough. You can never have enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Pay notice, husbands out there. Every year is the year of the diamond. <laughs> yeah. So our our chat discussion for this afternoon is is going to be reconnecting teams, which I thought would be quite a timely topic. Um, bearing in mind that we're still starting to have conversations now, aren't we, about um, getting people back together, bringing people back as teams, starting to put plans in place for working processes and practice and the best way to do that. And I think from, from our perspective, I think we jointly agree, don't we, ladies, that kind of mental health and well-being absolutely 100% has to be part of that conversation, part of that absolutely. proactive plan, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if, 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 it's, if your business is already... Um, you know, quite aware of mental health and already has programs in place, they need to be reassessed with everybody coming back because things will have changed so much in people's minds and their needs will have changed. And for businesses that haven't really been paying much attention to those kind of provisions, now is the time. So I think whatever kind of business you are, you need to be reassessing what your employees' needs are because I think, I don't know about you guys, but over this period I've been kind of reassessing what I want from life and it's all got very existential but I think everybody's doing that a little bit so yeah. you know as a as a, an employer or a line manager you know you might think you know what your team needs to thrive and be productive but that could have completely changed now. Agreed and I think as well that employees are on different paths from each other right now so you've got mm. the people that are furloughed and then you've got the people that are not furloughed who are at very different capacities. So bringing them back and actually bringing them as one, is going to be quite tough. And therefore the, the plans need to be quite fluid and adaptable to be able to adjust accordingly to the different kind of tranches of people as well and where they sit right now. Yeah, yeah, because we're all, we're all different, aren't we? And we're all very yeah. individual. And I think we've, we've, we've always said, haven't we, particularly as guys that work in this space, we've always said that, you know, having these blankets mental health and well-being programs and plans that are supposed to be all singing or dancing for everybody just don't simply don't work mm -hmm. um, in the capacity that people think that they should do and that's because we're all very individual we all have very different needs as we've all been through a very difficult 
process we're all still in a very difficult process um you know and that that needs to be addressed i i think personally it needs to be addressed from a from a personal angle so it needs to be on a one-to-one basis you really need to be sitting down and having conversations with each member of your team to find out where they are um it's like any plan isn't it if you don't know where you are you need to know where you are now to be able to put any plan in place for the future you need to you need to know your starting ground don't you yeah, absolutely. And I think with our industry as well, all the plans that are going in right now, the changes of venues, the change of our, our approach to events, etc., the mental health and well-being absolutely needs to be up there with those plans mm. because without that, the events won't run. The venues may not open. It's got to be hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we, we say this, don't we, time and time again, we all have mental health. This is not nice add-ons and, and nice to do. And, oh, yeah, let, let, let's add on a few kind of gym memberships and benefits that way. And it, it, it's, this isn't what this is about. We all have mental health and it doesn't just apply. And planning for mental health and well-being in the workplace doesn't just apply to any of your team members that you know might be struggling or might have had previous issues with mental health or those that you're aware of that have got issues with their mental health at the moment it, it applies to everybody yeah because you know mental mental illness is does not prejudice no. doesn't pick on a certain person over another it can happen at any time and they are actually um, saying that one in two adults at the moment will be suffering from some kind of an anxiety disorder or anxiety problems because of the period that that we're we're coming we're slowly starting to come out of um, and it's going to make it very very difficult for for a lot of people even we were joking about it last week weren't we the kind of the thought of, of getting on the tube again or the central line for, yeah. for some people that just the commute to get to work if they're going back to the office is going to be incredibly challenging and difficult so it's it's putting those policies and individual plans in place isn't it for how those people can be supported with that and what measures can be put in place to ensure you know even if they're just given half an hour quiet time once they get to work just to calm themselves down from yeah, yeah. all of yeah. that but all of that needs to be done individually doesn't it it can't it can't yeah. be done with a blanket plan no there's definitely i think that's some mistakes some businesses make as well there's no shortcut with this kind of thing and you know it's not even so much about a financial investment in mental health although you know that is great it's it's a time investment and for that to work it needs to be consistent across all of all of your management team everybody needs to be doing it and not just not just your managers everybody needs to be aware that it's important and it needs to come from the top it's the only way it's going to work yeah. and my i think my concern is now is a perfect opportunity for businesses to focus on it but my worry is also that businesses have been hit so hard kind of financially um a lot of them have had to make redundancies they're they're going to be kind of trying to catch up with themselves when things get back to normal inverted commas and my concern is that actually it will still be quite low down on the priority list because that time investment that you need to put into these things um it's you're rightly it should go hand in hand but i just think people yeah. people would be thinking oh we don't have time for this we've just got to focus on the immediate term getting the money in um and it's just important to remember that it goes hand in hand you know yeah. kind of yeah. focusing on mental health is about making sure your team are resilient and resilience yeah. is what 
helps breed productivity and helps feed the numbers that's just a fact if you don't have a business you don't have business resilience if your employees aren't resilient and they will not be resilient if you don't help them achieve that in some way or support their um you know it's, it's everybody's you know individual kind of responsibility to look after their own mental health for sure but i think as a business you need to provide an environment or resources that support them on that journey so if people are yeah. coming back to the office now saying i'm getting anxiety on the tube actually i've realized that i can work better from home can i work from home one day a week things like that cannot be shut down and they need to be considered yeah they really do they, they do and also businesses are going to be as you quite rightly said caroline you know they've been financially hit and therefore we're putting plans in place to be able to aid that recovery right now um, now we are expecting ourselves to come out of the blocks as and when lockdown but actually if you haven't got the resilience and you haven't got the people the toolkits to help them to do that some of them haven't got that fight in them people yeah. are actually burnt out right now because you're either homeschooling you've been furloughed you're homeschooling the stress of that the stress and anxiety of am i going to have a job at the end of this versus the other side where you're actually probably doing one and a half two people's jobs in another capacity unless we provide people with those toolkits and unless we provide people with the ability to speak out and to help them you're going to fall at the first hurdle because they just people just don't have it in them this yeah. isn't a choice of whether you you're going to thrive and survive this is a choice of sustainability and, and making sure that you have the toolkits to help you get to that point and keep on that pace as well because before this happened you'd speak to people and talk about you know how's work and it's oh my gosh it's so busy I spend about two nights away from home I'm, I'm getting home at 10 o'clock at night yet some people are actually craving that norm where at the time they hated it mm. so we've got to adjust and we've got to give ourselves the time the toolkits the resilience to be able to to fight this head-on because this is the next stage of the recovery is, is the people yes it is definitely definitely this was supposed to be the decade for people and planet you know so a lot of focus particularly in our industry a lot of focus on planet from a sustainability perspective and i think this period we've been in is going to put a big spotlight on that just as much as it's putting a big spotlight on mental health but you know people and planet the sustainability of the planet sustainability of your people is the most fundamentally important thing right now in the events industry and it's quite interesting what you said lee about burnout um yeah. yeah there's so many people now at the moment experiencing burnout on all kinds of different levels and from both i think all three of us have had our own experiences of that haven't we and me speaking yeah. from someone who's experienced burnout it's you know we've got we've got probably the the younger people in our industry who are working God knows how many hours a day if they are still working and they're not already on furlough because it's giving them some purpose and distraction. So they're probably working more hours than they were doing before. You've got parents struggling with the homeschooling, trying to juggle God knows how many balls. You know what? It's, it's tough when you, you're trying to balance that, that, looking after your child, making sure they're balanced and healthy um that it's really really hard and then you've got you've got business employer employers and business owners who are trying to fight as hard as they possibly can to keep their business afloat with no direction or advice coming from government in terms of when yeah. our industry can get started again you know so there's people experiencing burnout on all kinds of different levels and then of course there's, there's the people that are burning out on zoom meetings all day oh, as well with zoom yeah. burnout, you know because they're packing their calendars full of these Zoom meetings 
like like it's going out of fashion kind of stuff you have you have nothing else to give though at the end of the day do you you do get to the point where i had it on friday i had nothing else to give Mm. at the end of the day i'd been on zoom calls all day and I, i literally had nothing else to give and i was i was empty yeah yeah absolutely because your brain as well has to work a lot harder when it's a zoom call you're not it might feel like you're having that face-to-face interaction but you're not having that face-to-face interaction it's technology speaking to someone over a technological technological platform Mm. you know face-to-face is face-to-face when you're actually with someone you don't have to work so hard because we're we're tuned into those signals and body signals and body language and facial expressions and stuff we've we've tuned into that over millennia haven't we in terms of how we communicate with each other to try and hone in and pick up on those signals on a on a screen is still tough and your brain is still having to work very very hard to try and i don't know kind of process what's being said in the words and stuff you're working a lot harder than you would do face to face so i think there's there's considerations like that on that and some people are going to find you know some people are going to find it harder than others because again we're all different i think um i was talking to a few people in the industry um who are kind of you know event manager kind of level um or event producer and i think what's interesting is that the you know they're if they're lucky enough to have kept their job um their what their job looks like is now going to be so so different and actually whilst my view is that running an online event in terms of the production cycle is no different to running a live event and there's a lot of conversation around this and i i personally think you choose a platform in the same way that you would choose a venue and everything else is exactly the same but the execution of it is obviously very different and as events professionals part of the reason we got into this game and why we love it is we love the on-site drama and the people yeah. and that's why we do it because mm. all of the you know the nine month 12 month run up to a to a big conference you know it's stressful it's long hours but it's amazing on the day but you do not get that same feedback right when you're running a digital event you just do not so there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going back into event manager or event producer roles and they're now going to be producing online events possibly 100 percent for the next six months year yep and are they going to get as much out of that that they did before that's not why they got into this so i think for you know employers it's something to just consider you know you can't expect people to come back and just pivot to digital and assume they'd be as effective in that role as they were before because if it's not if it's not giving them that um reward that they're yeah. used to you know human nature we're just not going to be as effective or as productive because we just won't be fed quite so strongly so you know i'm not saying there's an obvious solution but i think it, again it's about having the putting the time in to work out okay what are the drivers for motivation for these individuals now? How am I going to keep them motivated and excited in their job? Um, and whilst there's an element of, you know, I'm sure they'll feel very grateful to have a, have a job, yeah. etc. cetera. Um, you know, I, it's a consideration. Mm. I just don't think it should be overlooked that the execution of these events and what it delivers back to you as an event professional is nowhere near as effective as that yeah. on-site buzz yeah. that we all love. Yeah, absolutely. The grit. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? yeah it is it is but it, it's that 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 positive stress isn't it that you stress that we all thrive on so much well a lot of us in the industry actually thrive on so much it, it is that it's very difficult to put words on it isn't it and stuff i i i kind of equate it to being caught up in the whole buzz of an operation of events i, I kind of say it's always like a drug for me 
and so it, it just the feeling that you get from it yeah and when yeah. it's finished and over and that feeling of elation it's like wowza that that was amazing it's 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 very hard because of it it's very hard to to um describe your emotions isn't it yeah. so that kind of emotional attachment that you get to to driving a live mm. event i think that's that's very I've, I've i've run a few online events now and no no one near if, if i'm honest no one near at all um so and it's been it, an amazing substitute hasn't it during this time but yes but it, it doesn't it doesn't replace and it should never be considered as a replacement yeah it never will no, no. It never it never will it never will nothing will ever will replace live but in the meantime we do and as as employers and as business owners we we should be thinking about that how do you replace that that emotional buzz that i've just been talking about that 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 drives that purpose that drives people to get out of bed in the morning to go to their job because they love that buzzy operational feeling nothing quite like it can't explain to you what it is i just know how it feels to me kind of said it, it's how do you replace that in the meantime because there's a lot of people in our industry that go to work because they absolutely love and adore what they do and there's nothing else like it um so it's it's for those people isn't it and again that needs to be done on that individual level doesn't it because it's not going to be the same yeah. for everybody no so. not at all yeah and i think you know in terms of practical things that people can do i mean we talk a lot about you know the various resources on the mind website and things like that and i think for people or managers that aren't necessarily what's the word i guess where this kind of thing doesn't come naturally perhaps or yeah. or don't have as much of an understanding of mental health as others resources like the wellness action plans and getting your team to fill those out get them to fill them out again even if they did it six months ago because yeah. their behaviors and their drivers will have completely shifted i mean they may not have but a lot of them will have completely shifted and i know for me when mm. i was managing a team having that awareness of what motivated them and them having that same awareness of what motivated me and and what I needed um, yeah. was really really helpful even if it was just you know the first step in opening that dialogue um, and we can't make those assumptions that everything's the same because this is almost no. it feels like a rebirth in a weird kind of way yeah. for everybody mm. yeah so, 360 isn't it yeah yeah so I think I yeah. think we, we we put plans in place and we were starting to consider more and more about people's well-being in the in the workplace then all of a sudden this massive things just come in and, and it's turned so much upside down mm. and it's also turned upside down people's feelings, how people approach things, how they react to things. You know, people are reacting differently to things right now from mm. what they would have done before this. And that's because of a number of reasons, but primarily yeah. it's because of our mental health and well-being has changed. Yeah. And people don't even know it sometimes, but we have to go back to basics with this. If we miss this or get this wrong, we will see a real impact on our industry and deliverables that are associated with our industry as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had the first mm. event wellbeing Alliance meeting last week, Lee, mm. didn't we? And yeah, we did more details of this coming out for everyone over the next few weeks, but conference news out of that meeting, where we actually sat there in a meeting when, when Marty put the poll up um, and that's basically gone out and 74 people have um, given their answer on that poll and the question was just has COVID-19 impacted on your mental health yes no don't know I'm um, 70% or it might have been was it 70% it was yes so 74 answered it 70% have said yes 
of the industry so and that's, that's people that that know that it's affecting some people don't even recognize it. yeah there were a few people said don't know as well really? don't know well. i don't know mm. so it it's yeah so that's that's quite that's quite a significant finding for a twitter poll so we'll have more of that kind of coming out but it, it is as simple as a line manager sitting down with an employee and saying has covid19 affected your mental health and if they say no it's now let's, let's start again has covid19 affected your mental health has it impacted you you know, maybe ask, it should be a twice. question yeah. or maybe it should be a question of how has it how has it yeah rather than has it because if they say has it it's a yes no answer but how has it it will get people to think then yes yeah because i'd be very surprised if anybody comes out out of this unscathed i really will oh, I, I don't think i don't think anyone yeah. will yeah. even if you come out of it unscathed you're, you're certainly not going to come out of it unchanged um, I think all of us will have been changed by this. And Caroline, you mentioned the, the wellness action plans. Do you know what, guys? I can't, I can't endorse the wellness action plans enough. They're absolutely amazing. You can get them on the EventWell website, eventwell.org. They're under resources, wellness action plans. And Mind have actually just released a new one specifically for working from home. Um, so there's a guide on there for line managers. There's a guide on there for employees and they're a new working from home one that they've developed um i fill mine in for for my work and it there isn't i wouldn't even say it's a six month thing i would be saying every time you should be you should be having one-to-one -one meetings with your employees at least once a month anyway um the wellness action plan should come out at each of those one-to-ones and even if you're not doing a new one together you're going through the existing wellness action yeah. plan. You're having conversations about things that might have changed because, you know, it, it's, we say it from an event planning perspective, you know, no event is ever the same. No two events are ever the same. So you can have the same event, exactly the same, nothing changed in terms of venue, content, speakers, but you can have a completely different result if you have it one week to the next week because people change based on, how, how they feel their moods how they wake up that day what their experiences and stuff that are that day so people can put different things down in those wellness action plans even on a weekly basis yeah. stuff can change you know yeah absolutely so it, they're really really important conversations to have and and for me they're, they're probably one of the best tools if you really want to be looking at the culture within your business and for your team it's to, it, it has to happen with those one-to-one -one conversations um some of my best bosses that i've had are the ones that have spent the time in one-to-ones to not just talk about my, my targets and what i've achieved that month and where i'm hitting the numbers kind of stuff my my best managers are the ones that have actually had half of talking about that stuff which obviously is very important um but half of talking about me and how i'm getting on and what's going on at home and are you okay so important mm -hmm. really really important because so that positive culture you, you ladies would agree as well wouldn't you it is for me it's all about and particularly for me with someone with a mental health condition um do you know what it is for me you, you just have to make me feel safe um make me feel yeah. safe make me feel that i can open up make me feel like i can put my hand up and ask for help if need be make me feel like i can be my whole self when i'm at work and i'm not having to hide things behind doors um, and for someone with a mental health condition it sometimes it's as simple as make me feel so safe 
then I can actually tell you that I have a mental health condition. Yeah. yeah. That as well. And every, yeah. Everybody deserves that platform. Yeah, they do. Everybody yeah. does. And yeah. And that cult, your culture and business culture and having the right people working for you is because of, of that sort of approach and coming from the top down as well. Yeah. We all live and breathe it. And as, as we've said, no one's going to come out unscathed from this. Everyone's going to be feeling it. No matter what level you're at, everyone will be feeling it. And it's yeah. about having the ability to, as you say, to put your hand up and to say, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm not okay today. I need some support. And having that, that kind of engagement is, is, is welcomed, absolutely welcome, not just for this industry, but it should be welcomed across all industries. Mm. Yeah. It should absolutely 100% shouldn't it be part of that risk assessment nature of, of, yeah. of bringing things back together again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? What were you going to say, Caroline? can't remember there's so much to say on this i could go on for hours <laughs> i'm just trying to fine tune it all in my head so i don't just uh get really animated or angry slash angry about because i think this topic is it's a really emotional topic isn't it and it's something mm -hmm. that i've always been quite passionate about possibly you know probably because i suffer from generalized anxiety disorder so i'm so aware of it and when you kind of hear pe some people or businesses you know dismissing these conversations are secondary or tertiary to, to everything else. It's so frustrating because you just want to shake them and say, can you not see how one affects the other, how your bottom line is affected by the resilience of your team. And mm. now more than ever, business resilience comes from individual resilience. And at the moment, I think we can all agree all of our resilience is, this is going to, this is a good lesson in resilience. I think this exercise, yeah. but it's also bashed it down. And we've now got to kind of rebuild ourselves back up both our businesses and ourselves. And the two yeah. things go hand in hand. So I think the businesses that are going to thrive once we kind of start to come out of this are the ones that don't forget that basically. Yeah. And they will, they will retain their staff that they've managed to keep on you know the job market will recover it will and mm -hmm. employees will look elsewhere if they don't feel like they've been supported through this horrendous time um and that's important to remember as well you know yeah absolutely absolutely i think this is going to be a massive thing massive thing about how employees will be looking at their bosses looking at their leaders looking at their line managers and look and see how have you how have you treated me over the past have you have you have you been supportive have you been there for me have you asked the right questions have you put in place have you made those reasonable adjustments because remember as well and um, there is law that that states some of this stuff as well isn't the lead so you know the yeah, disability yeah, act of 2020 anybody with a mental health condition falls under that disability act guys and you have to make reasonable adjustments for them so if I come and work for your company and I'm, I'm starting to struggle within that culture, you're, you're obligated as an employee to make reasonable adjustments to, to make me feel safe so that I'm not discriminated against. And, you know, and looking after the welfare of your, your employees and your teams falls under 1974 Health and Safety at Work Act. <laughs> so none of this stuff, when we, when we talk about this and we say that this stuff is not nice add-on, this is stuff that absolutely 100% we need to be doing because A, there's, there's law behind it, there's legal requirements behind it, and two, because every single one of your, your people, your team, your, your talents, every single one of them has mental health in the same way they have physical health. And you wouldn't put their physical health at risk 
No. So, so why put their mental health at risk? You know, the two go hand in hand. No, I absolutely agree. They, and they have to continue going hand in hand. Yeah. And they shouldn't even be parallel. They have to come together. And yeah. I think as well that customers are going to be looking at organisations that they're working with to see actually how are they supporting the teams. It doesn't just sit with a, with a business. It will sit wider. Yeah. The whole upstream and downstream of supply chain with your customers is if you feel you're working with a company that actually really looks after their teams, that are promoting and big advocates of mental health and well-being, then that is the sort of company you'll want to partner with. Yeah. Where if you don't see that, and I think that's really, really important and very prevalent moving forward as well, because it doesn't just stop with your company. It stops with who actually you're engaging with and your ethical mm. approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that subject of ethics definitely in our industry in particular definitely arose pretty quickly when this pandemic hit because mm. we all saw some venues acting in a way that was, you know, not ideal. You know, we've got event managers fighting with venues who are using yeah. like legal loopholes to keep everybody's money. You, you know, like you say, across the supply chain, you know, you've got events people, you've got their clients, you've got their suppliers and and everyone's struggling with the same issues. So there's an element of, okay, understanding, being reasonable. There was no law in place at the time to really protect anybody with this. No insurance covers that covered anything. So, you know, what's really interesting is that, especially with our industry, we're, we're all remembering the people that have yeah. behaved in a way yeah. that we deem as being ethical, reasonable, and that needs to carry on we shouldn't let forget that we shouldn't forget that, uh, no, and, that and that's proved how ethics does actually underpin business and you know you will retain as a business you'll retain the clients that you've treated well during this pandemic where you maybe haven't kept all of their sponsorship you've kept 50 percent of it and delivered them something else and you know you've you've been flexible um to try and kind of preserve your cash flow and meet their needs and you know that balancing act um it's been really important and mm. hopefully we won't forget that and this will kind of carry on yeah yes yeah absolutely I, I i agree with that it's a very good point you've both made there i agree with that wholeheartedly because because everyone will remember because we've all we're still going through it, it hasn't finished for us actually um you know we are going through a, a difficult time so everyone will remember um always have done in this industry i think as well we'll always remember the ones who who made it slightly easier for other people yeah. and who helped and the ones, yeah. yeah, I'm going to say the ones that helped is really important as well that put their head above the power pit and even over and above day jobs whether in a voluntary capacity or just reaching out to say how are you yeah. as well which does, hasn't taken a lot for people to do but it's been amazing you know you get the phone calls you haven't spoken to people for ages rather than receiving an email but yeah. people just offering that level of support and branching out you know, it feels like months, well, years ago now that we went into lockdown on some days. Um, yeah. But it's been amazing how, how you've reconnected with people. But people just wanting to know that you're okay. Yes. And that's, you know, that's really nice. And that for me, like I was saying before, I really agree with that, Lee. That for me, that's, that's the secret as a line manager. If you want to know the secret as a line manager to, to nailing mental health with your team is... is all you have to do every now and then is just ask the guys, you know, are you okay? How are you doing? It's all yeah. it takes. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's not no. the gym. It's not sending them healthy menu cards and stuff through the post. It's none of that stuff. It's not having a bar night on a Friday at the end of the week. Yeah. It's a very, very simple. How are you? Kind of. Stuff. And it's not, and not, and it, 
shouldn't be a tick box exercise it's because you genuinely care how yeah. they are yeah, yeah. and so. the line managers who nail that and and do it right always rise above the rest don't they yeah i've yeah, got a absolutely. particular particular manager of mine from my the last when i was working at the kensington close hotel I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything more than that but you know i really needed a good manager when i worked when i worked there and um, my manager there was amazing mm. jerry italian fantastic bloke absolutely fantastic bloke and he did one-to-ones in exactly the way i described so there was always uh, he paid he paid an interest yeah you about me as a person yeah. not just a commodity that was that was achieving figures on a on a spreadsheet you know it, it's I, I was a human being and a person to him he noticed if i hadn't taken my lunch and would actually sometimes frog march me to the canteen to make me eat and get away from it really? yeah yeah <laughs> he, he was he was amazing he was amazing and he, he never liked you working late either kind of stuff no, you know no. he did well, you go back to the productivity don't, don't you yeah you just because really someone's sat at the desk doesn't mean they're being productive yeah agreed i mean I, my commute has dropped dramatically um but i still you know i still do the same amount of hours but i'm just sat in front of a laptop instead of traveling now mm. but i still maintain and exercise a break um and if i haven't had that break gosh i can feel it yeah yeah, yeah, I can really yeah. feel it, and it's about encouraging people to do the right thing. The business will be always there in terms of the work you are working on. Mm. If you don't take a break, you will feel it, and there's no getting away from that. There's not at all. Is yeah. there? There's not. No. We've come to the end, ladies. Oh, oh boo! So quick. <laughs> oh, that's good. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really good chat. So thank you both for joining me today. So Caroline Grenin, our Head of Fundraising, and Luke Howishaw, our Vice Chair. So we'll see everybody next week for the next episode of Event Worldcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot.